Okay. Um, well, I hope you've had a sublime time of sharing. Um, we now go to the slightly ridiculous, which is the whole thing of celebrating birthdays, which uh, is a lovely thing to do, but it seems for all the small beer in, in the light of massive world issues. But uh, it's nice to uh, celebrate birthdays. Does anybody uh, want to own up to a birthday uh, this week or an anniversary? My lovely husband, Gordon, has a birthday on Saturday. Oh, oh brilliant. Uh, we, we're past the big zero. Oh. We're heading towards yeah. the next big, big zero. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 28, but I may have that the wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah brilliant uh anybody else apart from gordon having a birthday or an anniversary thank you jan that's lovely well uh margaret and lynn i wonder if you can unmute and if the rest of us can oh can you unmute us all derek and then margaret and lynn can unmute people can unmute themselves Happy birthday to you. 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 Happy birthday now, uh, can everybody mute this time uh, except uh, for Ruth and Arnold and myself? So can we all go on to mute, please? Okay, so... <clears throat> I uh, hope we're all muted um, and Arnold and Ruth not muted. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let, Let us rejoice, rejoice and, and be glad in it. Psalm 118. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, now I'm going to ask Jerry to unmute and uh, read to us the introduction to this song. I cannot tell why he whom angels worship. Over to you, Jerry. William Fullerton, um, as, as he was an Ulsterman, and was very much influenced by Charles Spurgeon. Um, he became his, uh, a friend of Spurgeon, a mentor, and in fact, a biographer. And he was then became a pastor in Melbourne Hall Baptist Church, which is in Leicester, and was founded by F.B. Mayer. Um, but since I wrote this, you can read, you, you, you know the song well. It's occurred to me, he wrote this in 1920 when he was in his early 60s. And uh, 1920, they, he experienced six years of the First World War with the death of probably many young men and mature men in his own congregation. And then of course, there was two years of the influenza epidemic 
when, again, a lot of people are being struck down. And it occurs to me that, you know, we're in a time of epidemic and war. Can we sing this, that when we ask the question why and how, we'll find the answer in Jesus Christ? So let's sing. We, we all know the, the other song, and we, we hope Lynn will manage the top F or whatever she has to sing. <laughs> well, I might and I might not. <laughs> <laughs> come to the time of confession. Christ, the light of the world, has come to dispel the darkness of our hearts. In his light, let us examine ourselves and confess our sins. Most, Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can... Word and deed. We Don't have not loved you with our whole heart. We, we have, have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, <clears throat> have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, 
confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in life eternal through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the collect for this week, Heavenly Father, your son battled with the powers of darkness and grew closer to you in the desert. Help us to use these days to grow in wisdom and prayer that we may witness to your saving love in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now we sing verses three and four of this wonderful song. Thank you, Margaret and Lynn. And uh, I'm now going to ask Judith to read the passage that Will has chosen. It's Psalm 73. It's quite a long passage, but we're going to listen to it all. Over to you, Judith. Psalm 73. Great. Are you going to put it on the screen or shall I read from my Bible? I've got it on the screen. Okay, Psalm 73, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped, I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, 
They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil concepts of their minds know no limit. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, the people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree, they increase in wealth. Surely in vain I have, kept, have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors? As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved, and my spirit embittered. I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will take me into glory. Who have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Thank you so much. This is, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks oh, be to God. Amen. Oh, Sorry, Judith. Thank you so much. Um, well, welcome to you, Will. Uh, if you could unmute. Um, <clears throat> and Will is going to talk on the title, you see, how can we keep a Christian perspective in a difficult world? Over to you, Will. Thanks, Steve. Fab, well, lovely to see you all this morning. Um, I wonder how you're feeling at the moment in this kind of, um, this moment in time. You know, we've, we've, we're sort of coming, uh, you know, we've had a pandemic for, gosh, it's almost two years to the date really now. Um, and it feels like we're sort of just starting to sort of see some light at the end of that. And, and now we've got this massive war in Ukraine and um, 
I think, you know, there's this instinctive feeling within all of us of, gosh, this is just, what's going on? Like, where is the world at? What's happening? Like, and, and there's this sense of when will it end? And, and a phrase that I know, you know, certainly with a consciousness I've spoken it, but that it's certainly been in my heart and I've, I've heard it from others is kind of, you know, when will it all just go back to normal? Because I think within us, we've got this sort of sense that, you know, we want things to go back to normal because we all have within us um, a heart that is, 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 is inclined towards the kingdom of God, inclined towards a world where there is no war where there is peace, inclined towards a world where there is no sickness, where there is, you know, healing, where there is no death. Um, you know, we, we have the kingdom of God written into our hearts, and so we yearn for it. Um, but as I've kind of been reflecting on this moment and reflecting on kind of how I've been feeling, I've, I, I don't know, I've just, I've, I've noticed something, and, and, and that's this, I, 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 I've noticed that I think we seem to view this current moment as a blip, like the pandemic, um, the war in Ukraine, it's like that's the interruption to kind of normal service. And I've been reflecting on this and I, and I wonder if actually we've got it the wrong way around. I wonder if the kind of period of, I don't know, 20 or 30 years before the pandemic, if we look at things from the lens of history, is far more the blip than what we're experiencing now. You know, if you look through the lens of history, there's been war after war after war. There's been um, pandemics. There's been substantive loss of life. You know, it's kind of just a, a normal day in, in, in the world because we live in a, in a broken world. We live in a world that isn't as it should be. Um, but I think in the West, there's this kind of um, this myth, I'm going to call it, of progress that I think has sort of entered into the kind of cultural slipstream. And, and the myth of progress basically sort of says, um, the world is just getting better and better and better and kind of slowly moving towards this utopia where everyone's going to have lovely experiences and a wonderful time and everything's going to be fantastic. Um, and, you know, we've, we've kind of seen that a bit in society in the West. Things have got better and better for us in many ways. You know, we haven't seen um, in the West, at least, um, you know, war in you know, recent years. You know, we have been able to kind of believe that maybe, maybe like the kingdom's here in its fullness. But but the reality is um, it isn't. And I wonder if in this moment, whether whether the pandemic, um, you know, before that we had the banking crisis, um, now we've got the Ukraine war. I wonder if it's, it, it's almost like it's popping that bubble, um, popping that bubble that the world is just getting better and better and better. And I wonder if God is using these things, not that he's caused these things, but using these things to kind of wake us up to actually the true state of the world, that the world is difficult, that the world is hard, that the world is broken, that people are inclined away from God. And therefore, we see these things happen with increasing reality. What if actually the world we're living in now is the kind of norm? And if that's the case, then, you know, <laughs> If we just kind of live constantly out of a place of, oh, I just want things to go back to normal, you know, we're, we're living for a world that isn't. You know, when you when you constantly want a, something different to reality, you end up frustrated because you can't change reality. And so the question for us, I think, is therefore this. How do we navigate the world that we're in? 
how do we navigate this moment in time? How do we navigate the reality of a world that is broken, difficult, where life is exposed as this fragile thing, where, um, you know, peace is exposed as a kind of fragile notion um, and where increasingly things are hard and constrained. How do we navigate this moment? How do we live with perspective in this difficult world? And I think with that, Psalm 73 has just so much to teach us. I don't know if it's one you're familiar with. It's a really powerful psalm. It's a psalm written by a guy called Asaph. Um, Asaph was probably one of the worship leaders of the people of Israel. He was someone who would lead the people of Israel in worship and praise of God. And, and Asaph, I think, in, in, in many ways, probably is, is having an experience that's probably not too dissimilar to many of ours. He's looking at life and, and it's, it's difficult. It's hard. He, he's frustrated. And, and whenever you're in a place in life where life is hard and difficult, you can guarantee that there'll be someone that you can look at who seems at least to be having it all good. You know, whether it's on the television or whether it's someone on your street or a friend, or there's always somebody who it seems that life's going all right for. And we look at those people and we just think, oh, what's going on? Why, why am I having this miserable time? But that person over there doesn't seem to be. And this is what I kind of Asaph's wrestling with. And, and it's worse because for Asaph, he's, he's looking and he's seeing, well, hold on a minute. These people who are having a great time, they're not like good people. They're not people who love God. They're arrogant people. They're wicked people. They're people who are choosing evil. You know, we look at someone like Vladimir Putin and he lives in a palace and, you know, he, he has kind of loads of money and all the luxuries he wants and he's able to shield himself from the effects of the world that he's creating and we just think how does that work how is it that you know we sit here and you know people in ukraine are, are just having a a terrible time and and yet he seems to be kind of free from it all you know and, and asa flicks this he says they have no struggles their bodies are healthy and strong you know not like mine you know my body's failing and weakening and uh, I've got illness and you know I'm beset by difficulties you know he says from their callous hearts comes iniquity you know these people are arrogant they're they're wicked and yet life seems pretty good for them and I, I think we can often sometimes think a bit like that life is difficult the world is hard and we just think oh why this isn't how it should be this is unfair this is unjust and and, and I love Jesus and I've been following Jesus faithfully for many years. And still things are difficult for me. Still things are hard. Still I experience loneliness and isolation and illness and difficulty. And why this isn't fair. And Asaph kind of concludes this kind of thing. And he says, surely in vain, I've kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence you know, surely all this kind of like worshipping God and following him, what's the point? You know, it's not made my life any easier. The world's still difficult and, 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 and the wicked people seem to have it easy. So what's the, what's the point? And then he stops and it says this, it says, when I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply till... I entered the sanctuary of God. Like, what changed his perspective? It was that place of God's presence. 
he entered the place of God's presence. And it was in that place and that place alone, you know, he'd reflected on it. He, he'd stood back and he thought about it and he probably moaned to his friend and spoken about it with someone else. And, and where was the place he got perspective? It was in the place of God's presence. You know, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground and cast them to ruin. You know, it wasn't that when he entered the presence of God, everything was suddenly magically brilliant and all the difficulties in his life just vanished. Or, um, you know, all the people who he looked at who were evil and difficult, you know, they suddenly started having a horrible time and he started having a good time. Nothing changed. But what changed was his perspective. You know, he, he saw his present moment through the lens of what is to come in the future. Like when we enter the place of God's presence, it doesn't solve the problems, but it brings perspective to them. Like when you enter God's presence, you're reminded of his love for you. You're reminded that he can be trusted. You're reminded that he is good. You are reminded that he is with you despite appearances. You're reminded that he's got it that there is going to come a day where he is going to bring about peace. There is going to come a day where he's going to eradicate sickness and illness. There is going to come a day where he's going to comfort the brokenhearted and put all the lonely in families and in homes. And even though that day might not be today, when you enter that place of his presence, you're reminded that he's there and he's got it. You know, I, I, I easily find myself, you know, you have a difficult day and, I don't know, something's been, someone's been really challenging and maybe something unfair has happened. And, you know, I've got a boring, inane administrative task that I've got to do. And, you know, the, the pandemic's sort of getting on top of us and we just feel wearied by what we can't do and what it disables us from doing and the difficulties that it gives us to life. And you just, oh, you feel heavy and, 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 and my tendency in those moments, I go and moan to Katie about it. And, and I'll be honest, that just makes me feel more sour. And, and then I go and moan to myself about it. And, and that just makes me more sour and bitter. And when I get over myself, if, if God's good enough to me, he reminds me to just seek that place of his presence. And I just sit there in, in just five minutes, just in the silence and stillness, just become aware of his presence. And sometimes that's something I sense Sometimes I don't, um, uh, but every single time that I do that, I walk away from that time and the problems are still the problems. The, the person who's being difficult is still being difficult. The boring administrative task is still there and it's still a boring administrative task. But I get a sense of perspective. It's like the kind of heaviness just melts away a little bit and I'm left with that sense of God's peace because God's peace always comes with God's presence. And so my encouragement to us all in this moment is it is difficult. And I don't think it's necessarily going to get easier. Um, I don't think it's going to change radically. I think it's just going to kind of go into different seasons of difficulty because that's the nature of a broken world where the kingdom hasn't come yet and Jesus hasn't returned. But despite that, God is with us. Let's enter his presence. Let's seek the place where he is. Let's just be with him. 
and in that place find perspective. Shall I pray? Jesus, thank you that you are a God who has come to be present with us. You came and took on flesh and entered this world. And you've not left this world. You've sent your spirit. We can know you. You are present with us. You are good. You are true. Your promises still stand. Despite what we may see whirling around us in difficulty, you have still got sovereignty over this world. Your kingdom is still coming and will come. You will deal with the evil and the sickness and the horrors of this world. You will do it all. You can be trusted. You are good. And I just pray now, Lord, that you would just draw us into that place of your presence and your peace, I pray. Let's just take a a minute to just dwell in God's presence before we move on. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Will. Uh, well, thanks again, uh, Will, and thank you, everybody, for what you've shared in your groups. I hope it was really, really meaningful. Um, we now move on to um, uh, saying the creed together, but it will be... Uh, uh, a bit of a disaster if we don't all mute except uh, on and Ruth. So can you please all double check that you are muted and then you obviously can say the creed, but uh, only on and Ruth will be heard. <clears throat> we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, 
for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate of the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Thank you. Uh, it kind of gives a perspective, doesn't it? That's quite helpful, that creed, putting life all in perspective. And now we come to the communion prayer of thanksgiving. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We, we lift them, them to the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It, it is right to, to give thanks, thanks and praise. Blessed are you, Lord God, our light and our salvation. To you be glory and praise forever. From the beginning you've created all things, and all your works echo the silent music of your praise. In the fullness of time you made us in your image, the crown of all creation. You give us breath and speech, so that with angels and archangels and all the powers of heaven, we may find a voice to sing your praise. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. How wonderful the work of your hands, O Lord. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own. When they turned away and rebelled, your love remained steadfast. From them you raised up Jesus, our Saviour, born of Mary, to be the living bread in whom all our hungers are satisfied. He offered his life for sinners, and with a love stronger than death, he opened wide his arms on the cross. On the night before he died, he came to supper with his friends, and, taking bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you, and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith, receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. So we receive the bread, as I say, the body of Christ broken for you. We receive the wine, as I say, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now, Andrew Ruth will lead us in the prayer after communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, we offer you our souls and our bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Now, Will's talk was uh, very much about finding sanctuary, and one has to make a decision to do that, doesn't one? And so this song, which is a cheerful song, it could almost be a children's song, uh, but it's very good for us adults too. I have decided to follow Jesus. Over to you, Margaret and Ruth. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Margaret and Lynn. Thank you. 
Oh Lord God, we thank you that we have indeed been led to turn to you, Lord Jesus, to find sanctuary in you, but to find the way ahead in you. Lord, as we do this, we know that you long to bless us with your presence as you did the psalmist Asaph. We thank you for this reminder today that there is sanctuary to be found, but more than sanctuary, there is blessing to be found in your presence. And so, Lord, now we ask that the blessing of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit may rest upon each one of us now and forevermore. Amen. Stay in peace to love and serve the Lord. In, In the, the name, name of Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you.